I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi guys, and welcome to this week's episode of Heavy Metal Tones with me, your podcast host, Tony Evans, or Heavy Metal Tones, as I like to call myself. Um, This week's episode is about the Porcupine Tree album, Fear of a Blank Planet. Fear of a Blank Planet. I get the teeth in. They're rotting today. Um, It's uh, one of the best of the modern progressive concept albums by one of the best modern progressive bands. Um, We're about to release a new album, uh, so this is quite timely. There's been a big hiatus between the last albums because Stephen Wilson, the singer and founding member of the band, uh, went off to do his solo projects, uh, which is a whole different other uh, podcast, which I look forward to chatting to you about, um, as he's one of my favorite musicians. But this is about Fear of a Blank Planet, Uh, released on the 16th of April 2007 Um, and it's uh, named after the Public Enemy album that came out in 1990 Um, which is that one's about race and this one is about uh, teenage um, drug use um, computer use uh, and the modern malaise of the teenager in general Uh, it's I first came across uh, Porcupine Tree when I saw Marillion and they were supporting and then I was given a, a like a free CD at the gig that had Porcupine Tree and Marillion on it as well um, and now this is um, this is Hogarth era Marillion not um, Fish era Marillion uh, and of course Stephen, Stephen Wilson went off to re- to record and write with Fish on a couple of albums, uh, notably on Sunsets on Empire, uh, a brilliant album. Um, it's yeah, it's about I said it's a concept about broken homes and screen time and narcotic overuse, prescribed and, and otherwise. Um, it's it's a dark album. Um, certainly, that's the case. It's not um, a light flowing easy listening album but then again a lot of prog 
albums, and I, th- I would really put this definitely right square in the middle of traditional prog, um, considering it's 2007 and prog has been, as you know from listening to this program, um, unsexy and untrendy for a long time, although now in the metal um, community, prog metal is sort of very um, hip you know, very interesting stuff is coming out in that subgenre. Um, it's so what it is is it's based on a book um, uh, by uh, and, and it's okay. It's based on a book about a, sorry. It's based on a, a story of a boy called Robbie, um, and he's eleven year old. Now, in the book this is based on, the book it's based on um, a, the male adult um, member of the family. Um, it's uh, by, by a book by an author called Brett Easton, and it's Luna Park. Now, I've never read Luna Park. Um, I would sort of say it would, could be quite dark. I do struggle to read a lot these days, anyway, with all the time I have to do with other things. Um, reading is one of those things that sort of sits on the back burner. Um, it is on my list to um, to listen to, to to read. So yes, it was based on a book by Luna Park. So instead of the adult male, uh, he Stephen Wilson and the boys flipped it and made it the the boy Robbie. Uh, Mirroring the lyrics are lifted directly from the novel, uh, particularly in the song "My Ashes." Um, which is about the scattering of the father's ashes, basically, after his death. Um, it's, it's, say, I did say it was light. Stephen Wilson is well known for his bleak, um, uh, his bleakness. He doesn't really like bright, light, friendly music. Even his later albums were, even though they're more poppier, are certainly more darker. All right. Um, See, so when I first listened to this book, um, uh, sorry, listened to this album, I was really taken in by its underlying uh, story and its and its underlying points of view. Um, we've all been touched in our families uh, with someone who, in, particularly in the modern world, um, needing medication to level out their mood and to reduce anxiety um, and what I think with what uh, Steve and the boys are doing with this album is I mean it's not the most liked Porcupine Tree album in fact I think it's the most least liked Porcupine Tree album interestingly uh, which I think is a very very silly thing to say because I think it's a, one of their best but and I'll get to that in a minute but um, so it will be touched by someone. We know someone who takes something to medicate themselves um, to ease their balance, whether it's a bit of, uh, whether it's prescribed drugs for mood, whether it's um, uh, a bit of weed for uh, relaxation, alcohol, um, you know, all of us at one time have used some kind of mood-altering drug and this sort of points at, at sort of where it begins in modern life. And it's very poignant because um, 
you know, I mean, I am of an age now where when I was a kid, I knew no one except my mother. My mother was on Valium. Now, Valium is a really horrible, horrible, pernicious and nasty drug um, that um, the doctors just, you know, sort of, you know, my mum was going through menopause, um, extremely unwell in a marriage. She wasn't really happy either. But it's a different, I'm not going to go down that route. But anyway, it was a tough time and a lot of children and no money and stress and menopause and all this sort of stuff. Um, unhappy marriage. And what happens? Um, go to the doctors with these symptoms. Uh, and instead of them saying, hey, this is, I mean, remember, this is 1973, guys. 74, 75, instead of going, oh, hey, you know, let's, let's send you to, um, uh, to psychologists, let's, let's talk this, let's get this into, into groups and forums, no, it was just, here's some happy pills, toddle off, and, and take those, and it did the opposite to mum, mum just became this sonambulistic, um, she used to have brightness to her eyes, my mother, uh, until this happened, um, anyway, sorry, I'm going down a dark rabbit hole, but this album has that darkness to it. So this is what I was trying to say. So it's really poignant uh, when what was happening back in the 70s uh, is that those drugs were aimed at the middle-aged women and the, and I'm going to use this, I've got my fingers in speech marks, the mentally um, inadequate and I didn't mean I couldn't think of the right words to say, but you it, I don't want to offend anyone out there. But you know what I mean, right? This was the dark ages back then, really, guys. Um, now it seems to be starting at a much earlier age, and this is because I think, um, as Steve is pointing out in this album, um, it's screen time, it's the use of pornography, it's the I mean, you know, when I was a kid, if you wanted to get pornography, you got it like everyone else did. You got it in a behind, you found it in a bush or on a train station platform, or you you brother bought it in a home in a brown paper bag and you found it under his mattress that was the way you got pornography and most of the time it was and let's be honest and rude here it was tits and bums tits and bums it was not gynecological which it seems to be these days and of course unfortunately sorry have some tea now um the youth today they're not you know i mean not everyone but most of them are not growing um, at a rate that's natural for the species there's no defined it doesn't seem there's defined factors in life now it's by the time you've got a phone in your hand you're old enough I don't know to do all sorts of unimaginable unspeakable things uh, and this is terrifying to me and I think to Steve and to a lot of people and this while this happened we talks to me and I I have two daughters and I feel this way about that um, luckily they were born pre-internet or the birth of the major part of the internet or the spawning of its you know um, so you know my oldest was born in 95 and my youngest was born in 97 so you know just before that they never had a mobile phone till they were 18 and I wouldn't allow a TV or computers in their bedrooms um, now this sounds draconian to some of you people out there but it isn't it made them balanced safe and educated if they needed to find something we went to the library you got it out of a book or you asked someone else who knew about it or you watched a you know uh, a documentary on the abc in australia or bbc in the uk or 
NBN, NBC in the US, wherever you are, um, and or public broadcasting, whatever. Um, so <laughs> these distinct factors are being stolen, I think, from our children. And so there is more need for them to medicate because they don't have these clearly defined parameters which their brains need um, to grow and to, and to mature. Um, I mean, we all know people that are not mature, even born before the age of the internet. We've all been there. We know them. But that's, they're, they're all slightly different people, right? Anyway, so back to the album. So, yes, get a chance to read Luna Park. I've got it. I haven't read it yet. I want to read it. Um, now, again, the lyrics, here's a nice long word for you guys. I'm going to try and say it. They deal with the neural behavioral disorders so um in teenagers so you've got your attention deficit attention deficit disorder um and uh adhd and all these sort of things right bipolar sorry which are going on um um and information overload as we just talked about before uh it's you, once you know what that what he's talking about, you cannot listen to this album in any other way, but with that frame of mind. And it it can sometimes take away the f- enjoyment of this album to me, because um, it actually can so or on occasion can do the opposite and make me a little bit depressed. When music should open up and, and remove that depression. Anyway, that's what the album does. I re- I've made a note here that I think this is Porcupine's porcupine trees the lamb lies down on broadway big call big big call because the lamb lies down on broadway is the greatest concept album slash progressive rock album ever made i will fight anyone in that in my corner for that one uh there are other people out there that will say differently but this truly is and i think it's theirs i mean they've got a lot they've done some brilliant albums and stephen wilson's solo records um the hand you know the hand that hand that kind of raises an amazing amazing um album um and he's his best concept album of a solo album but that's a different again a different a different story another day another episode i don't want to get all my good ideas out early so this is for another podcast is a stephen wilson one um just a side note he is a musical auteur he produces um, and remixes and re reinvigorates classic albums. He's done a lot of Marillion album. He's done um, Jeffrey Toll, King Crimson. He's a multi instrumentalist and a, uh, and just one of the best live performers you'll ever see. Um, we went to see him the first time in Sydney. Uh, my wife, uh, my mate John and I, and Parksy uh, and. Uh, I said, oh no, we better get there early so we can get a good a good place to stand. Is at the um, in Sydney at, at the um, oh, I've gone blank where I saw them. Anyway, a venue in Sydney. So we'll come back to you in a minute. Uh, anyway, we we went off for drinks and we came back and the line was down the alley, past the gig, round the corner, down, and we were in the middle. Of, we were at the end. I, I was like. I told you, Steve. I told you, but because I didn't think, we didn't think, because it's Australia, that he would have the following that he does. But it's 
it's global with Stephen. It's absolutely global. It's amazing where they come out of the tree. It would work. It really does. Um, us progheads are everywhere. But uh, we're going to talk about the actual album in a, when I get on the other side, the music and the, and the track listing. So I'm going to now refresh my tea um, and I will talk to you soon, guys. Uh, see you after the ads. Bye. 
Porcupine Tree, um, one of many, many, many albums that they've produced over the years, um, live and studio um, EPs and so on. So we're going to look at the tracks. So musically, so the band consists. So I knocked the mic. God bloody! I've got this new mic arm, and I still knock it. Sorry, guys. Oh, many, many sorries. Okay. So if you're holding your earphones, going ah, that was loud. I'm apologise. So the band consists of Stephen Wilson, as we mentioned, on vocals and guitar. Now I'm going to absolutely butcher this name, but uh, Richard Bobbieri on keyboards. That's uh, Colin Edwin on bass and Gavin Harrison on drums. Now, Colin and um, Pete and Richard have been with the band on and off a long time. Um, the sound, before we go track by track, this is the heaviest of the Porcupine Tree album, albums, I think. This is when Steve goes in and out of different musical. He, like me, loves all forms of music. He loves pop and jazz and prog and metal and punk and new wave and rap and you know he loves it um and so um he this was his sort of i think he liked to call it his metal phase it is very heavy for compared to other things he's done but it's not i mean it's it you metal heads out there will love it because musically it's it is heavy it's got um very lush deep um um thick substance to its um, music. It is very layered, it is very produced as it would be with Stephen. Uh, it it has some wonderful um, guitars mixed forward, particularly on Fear of a Blank Planet. Um, none of these songs, typically with prog, are short songs. He did have... So, uh, when it comes to it, Steve wanted this album to be every song to flow into each into its into itself. Um, he wanted it to go no longer than fifty minutes um, because he thought that uh, as we as and again he man after my own heart. Um, he feels that we are pushing too much into the medium and our attention spans are getting lost. Again, right click back to the music with the concept of the album, attention spans and teenagers. All right. They want to be able to listen to it in one sitting and enjoy it in one sitting. Uh, um, it was produced by um, Dave. Uh, hang on. Can't read my own handwriting. One second, guys. Uh, idiot. Dave Stewart. Not not the Dave Stewart of the Eurythmics. No, no. Um, Dave Stewart, who was in a band called Hatfield and the North, Hatfield and the North. Now I lived off the motorway um, growing up as a child on the um, off the uh, North Circular, and I always saw a sign that said Hatfield and the North. Um, very interesting synergy. But they were a, a very interesting prog band of the 70s that no one knows. I highly recommend. When you've stopped this and you want to hear some interesting prog, go and look out for Hatfield in the North. I think you might find it really interesting. So really good prog heritage there in the production of the band. So it's thick, lush, layered, heavy, stark. Of course, it's not going to be light. I mean, the subject matter is not, you know, Tweedledee and Tweedledum and 
fields of flowers, is it? So it, it's going to be... Um, there are going to be moments in it where it almost feels drug-induced. It almost feels... Um, now, I'm not, I'm not saying you all out there have had um, dizzying highs in your life. But some of you, and I'd say probably a majority of listeners, as I say one time or another, may have tried a little bit illicit. And sometimes you might have had these moments. And in these moments, and it can happen with alcohol as well, um, that, the, that there is a sort of whirlpool of noise and movement where, what did my brother used to say you knew you weren't drunk truly drunk until when you lay on the floor you had to hold on um and as i said earlier before on another podcast you know my brother took lsd uh and when he said people take lsd and go for a go to go to a party he could understand it because when he took lsd he was the chair he couldn't leave for a week right so there's, there's moments and this is what that feels like when you listen to this music and um, so it starts with Fear of a Blank Planet with some very unsettling and disturbing lyrics, um, which I would, yeah. don't play this in front of your mum or, or, or questionable people first up, because there might be some lyrics in it that might offend. He doesn't mean to. He's just trying to put across what, how a teenager would, would, you know, leave me alone, go away, lock the door. Uh, dystopianism, you know. So you know, he, here's um, here's some of the lyrics that uh, that I think are really interesting, cutting edge. So you know, the um, I'm stoned in the in the mall again, terminally bored, shuffling around the stores, and shoplifting is getting to la- it's so last year's thing. Xbox is a god to me, a finger on the switch. My mother is a bitch. My father, my father gave up, never trying to ever trying talking to me. I mean, it, <clears throat> it has that sense of, of, if you've ever had teenagers, and I have had them, and I'm sure some of you have even got them now, there is that sense of um, disconnect after a certain age. Not that, that my kids were like that, but, you know, there is that disconnect, you know. Don't try engaging with me, uh, the vaguest of shrugs, the prescription drugs. You'll never find a person inside. My face is Mogadong, curiosity has given up on me, I'm turning out desires, the pures are on the rise. I mean, it is, yeah, as I said, quite stark, right? Uh, and then, and it got, again, this, it, it, at that time when I first listened to uh, Porcupine Tree, I was really getting into the, getting back in after a lull out of, out of heavy rock and heavy metal because of the young children. Um, and it really spoke to me. It was like, my, oh my God, I'm listening to uh, an edgy, hard version of Marillion. I'm listening to a, a, a modernized version of, of, of something Gabriel would write, you know. Uh, and as not, not as wordy as Gabriel, maybe not as wordy as Fish, but certainly uh, an interesting lyricist. He doesn't use rhyming couplets as much. He's not about um, every second line has to rhyme yet. Yeah? Yeah, there we go. All right. Then move on to my ashes. This is the one I said is more connected to the book and um, Luna Park, and is about the scattering of the ashes of his father through the eyes of his son. Um, brilliant, brilliant music. Um, again, flowing, heavy, um, 
hallucinatory, uh, sad. Uh, it, it, again, I'm not saying. I'm going to say it again. It's not an album to put on to 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 uh, raise your spirits. Let's just say that. Anyway, we then go on to. And now I forgot to mention that this album has two very key um, musicians on that are jumping in and helping out, and you'll find out in a minute. So then we come into a suite of songs. Um, uh, this little suite, like is three songs uh, that blend into one and I think they make a uh, a valid point for one of the strongest pieces of modern music of the last 25 years um, very 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 intricate it, it's very much like Fish's um, Highwood Suite from um, from his album uh, that he released a few years ago go um, about the first world war a feast of consequences again um, jump in another to that fish does a very good version of this and i think you probably listened to this suite here um uh, and then not copied but got the idea um it starts with the anesthetize wow wow is all i'm going to say to you guys if you you um YouTube it, watch him play it live. My friend John sent me a link recently of a live version of it recently. Um, just mind-blowingly, um, so many different movements, so many different intricate ins and outs, ebbs and flows. The, the vocal is almost spoke, sung through um, a broken mic and the keyboards are swelling and rushing. The bass is thunderous and the drums are almost again sound like they've been covered so they don't they don't resonate they just snap um this has um guitar on it from featuring alex lifeson from rush now how, how what a great coup that is again some people wouldn't put rush as a prog band some people say they're not some people say they are i think they truly are but in that sort of vague american you know, giant, gentle giant kind of progness. Um, because I don't believe that prog is prog unless it's British. And that sounds, um, it's going to sound, it's like I don't think punk is punk unless it's English either. Um, and the reason I say that is because it's a very, very, prog is a very British sound. It's, very, it, it's something that could only really have come out from the private school movement. Um, of the UK now, in in a, in a UK public school movement, sorry, public schools are the are the um, rich schools with you know the Eatons and Harrows of this world, and then after we follow an anesthetize, which is like I think a, probably seven or eight nine minutes, um, it goes into the pills I'm taking, again, all right, it flows. You hear the story, okay? Anesthetize, blank planet, pills I'm taking. And then Surfer, which is about, obvious, about people living in a cyber world and, and their world and life being taken over by screen time and everything not being real. I mean, there was a panic, wasn't there, back in the late, early 2000s that um, everything was going to come digitized. I mean, a classic example is myself. So uh, I was in a, I used to be in the film industry. I was in special effects. I used to do a lot of physical special effects. So... Um, prosthesis, um, monsters, monster suits, makeup special effects, and so on. 
round about that time, 2007 to 2010, is when I stopped because it was all getting done digitally. So um, apart from, say, Lord of the Rings, which had a fantastic um, prosthesis department, it was all starting to go that way. You know, Lawnmower Man. Remember that movie? Um, and then they remake of the Cat People, and it was all digitized. And so our art was dying. And I think a lot of people were thinking that way back then that we were going to lose, um, we we're going to we were going to lose our youth uh, to the world of one uh, zeros and dashes and dots and ones and um, and the cyber world. Clearly not the, not the truth, not the case. We know that, um, but you know all new things are feared. Surfer does that, and then we come out of that wonderful little suite. So as I said to you, it was released as a on CD, so it could flow in one motion, but it's also on a double vinyl. If you're ever lucky to have one of the numbered hundred, sorry, the first hundred which were numbered, um, they're worth. I mean, they're going. I had a guy who tried to sell me one for a thousand bucks. If I had all the money in the world and could afford that, yes, I'd buy it. <laughs> I probably would. Um, so if you've got one of those in your collection, bloody look after it. They reissued them again in 2015 on blue vinyl double. Uh, that's also worth a fair bit of money now. Still a great print. But you think that the vinyl doesn't work so much for me in this particular album because you need it to flow. Stopping and turning it over can lose that... Um, that sort of dystopian flow that you get, that Lovecraftian um, Babylonian end of the world cyber feel, that the motion um, that you get lost um, on vinyl when you've got to get up and, and the spell is broken when you've got to turn the record over. Now you know me, I love vinyl, so to say that's quite odd, but I genuinely mean that. The CD version is probably better, and even now that it's available on Spotify and on iTunes, even even better for that. Um, then we move to Sentimental, uh, way out of here, and then uh, and they're the last two tracks. Sentimental, again, it's a look, it's a sort of a, a lyrical look. At, imagine the eleven-year-old boy looking back at these things that have happened. You know, he's uh, anesthetized brain to pornography, and um, he's dullness of senses to the drugs that he's taking um, his disassociated family lightness hey eh, guys <laughs> you might need to go and watch some Bambi after this although no don't do that Bambi dies and no maybe go and I don't watch any Disney by the way don't like Disney um, go and watch I don't know something that makes you laugh go and watch Frasier or um, or I've been watching recently under Benji's um uh, recommendation Dairy Girls highly recommend it brilliantly funny you do need to concentrate because the Irish accents are quite strong um, the way out of here way out of here it, uh, again I'm not going to ruin what the story is I want you to listen to the song and understand what it's about the lyric itself way out of here it can read two ways can't it way out of here man or the way out of here um, and that's where it gets very dark. Now, this particular track features the guitar of the prog king himself, Robert Fripp, he who is married to Toya Wilcox. Um, if you want a bit of a laugh, uh, in lockdown, Toya and Robert did these little videos on YouTube. Um, I'm going to sound sexist here, but I spent most of my time looking at Toya, Toya's tits. 
I have been a massive Toya fan since I was a teenager and there she is dancing around almost topless I couldn't take my ass of them uh, again that I don't want to offend any or be uh, rude or take lose any customer any fans listening to this I'm just being honest but yes go and watch those uh, Robert Fripp King Crimson one of the probably one of the top 10 greatest guitarists of all time prog guitarists of all time I must put a caveat on that um, he's up there with your Stephen Hackett's and uh, you know Robert Fripp and it's he's, he's up there with um, you know with all the greats he's, he's brilliant Alex Lifeson there we go two of the greats on one album how Steve has this way of getting people to play for him um, he's a very gifted musician people want to play for him his live performances wow uh, you know I again that's another episode but twice we've seen them and both times uh, I think John and I I mean jaws on the floor right you couldn't take your eyes off I mean, I mean he had what he had Dave Kilminster on guitar I mean, oh my god right and um, John and I like to laugh but um, Nick Beggs on bass now Dig Nick Beggs if you don't know who he is a big six foot five towering man likes to wear dresses on stage long blonde hair used to be in Kajagoogoo don't ever put that against him he is a fucking brilliant bass player um, and he's full of character he's you cannot take your eyes off on stage he's like watching it's like watching um it's like watching john Entwistle, right you know it's you know it's just just brilliant he has this awe of him he plays finger pick finger and picking and he has a sort of a a chris squire stance you know he's so big that he makes a bass look like a twig in his hands um you know, and then, then we've got um, Altman on um, keyboards, uh, and he has played with Miles Davis. I just, it, I, you know, oh, just unbelievable. Anyway, enough of that. That's for another episode. But this is the album. So do please listen to this album. Please take a listen to anything Porcupine Tree. I think you might find yourself going down a rabbit hole and finding stuff you love. Um, go then onto the Stephen Wilson um, albums. Don't start from his latest work back because you might be disappointed. Start from his first and work forward um, because uh, his later ones are a bit more lighter, a bit more abaresque, a bit more, you might not be your kind of thing. But once you've listened to the first stuff and work forward, you might find yourself enamored. The hand that can't erase is perfect as a concept album and it's just wonderful as a piece of music on its own um, he also had um, such a variety I'm not again sorry I've got to stop soon but I could go all day about the musicians he's played with um, but uh, yeah go there do your porcupine tree get this album have a listen tell me what you think musically um, and lyrically I know what I've read into the lyrics and you can read the lyrics and read what you want into them um, not light so it is something i do i often run a hot bath i'll in the bath and i'll put that on um and i need somewhere solitary to take it in i can't listen on the bus going for a walk or for a run 
it's the kind of thing you need to time to listen to and to concentrate on um but for me i think it's a five out of five album as i said one of the uh, greatest concept albums of the last 30 40 years it is a well ahead of its time it's Steve is well ahead of its time. His time, so are the rest of the guys in the band. It's not just Steve. Um, they are musically gifted um, and it's produced beautifully. So that's Fear of a Bank Planet. It's available on all good um, streaming services. Speaking of streaming services, please find me on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you go. When you find it, I don't have any yet, but please could people just go on little three dots at the top of the screen and give me some rating out of five out of five stars. It just helps I me get more audience. It's how the algorithm works. Um, also, if you want to jump on to buy me a coffee, I'll put a link underneath. All donations are welcome. This show does cost to make. I had to buy a new boom arm for this. As I said, it wasn't cheap. Um, uh, anyway, that aside, uh, I look forward to talking to you next week. I really enjoyed chatting about this album. I um, hope you enjoyed listening to it. Uh, slightly longer again this week like last I just can't cram all this into half an hour in fact I could have gone longer and longer in fact and I hear some people go yay and other will go oh god could you shut up um, anyway that's me done um, I hope that you have a very safe week um, for all those that are in peril at the moment in this world I raise my cup of tea to you um, good luck keep safe and may the world get peaceful again soon Either way, talk to you guys next week. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.